Recorded live. Hey, brothers and sisters, welcome to all the places we've been. I'm your host, Nat Turner, St. Kitty <laughs> And uh, today is 9-30-2015, and it's uh, a little past 9 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm broadcasting live here on the East Coast, and uh, welcome folks to call in if you like. Uh, call in number is 724-444-7444, and the uh, call ID number is 138713-POUND. Uh, I wanted to play a little music before we uh, got started and uh, try to see if I can pull something up here. And... Uh, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, there was something uh, I heard early this morning that I uh, kind of wanted to play. Very interesting uh, brother and sister who uh, put together a video piece that uh, was very uh, inspiring and very good to see. Uh I'll let it uh, play and then uh, tell you a little bit more about it. Uh, just trying to log in here. Okay. Just give me a second here. Cue this up. Okay, let's see. Okay, Okay, I'll play this little piece, and uh, it's called, let me see. It's called Free Knowledge, okay, with uh, Nate the Fundraiser and Islam Ya Isis, not sure how she pronounces that, Bossy or uh, Bazi, uh, okay, so let's Thank <laughs> you. 
Uh, I'm going to start this over something is going on here. It's kind of rushing or something. Uh, let me refresh this page here. Something ain't quite right there. Let's see. Same people. Anyway, uh, 
You can find them on Facebook, a uh, little piece they put together. And uh, very interesting, uh, <clears throat> I think, between the lyrics and the video itself. Uh, for those who may not have uh, gotten a chance to see the video, uh, it's basically uh, uh, interesting to me because the concept of feeding the less fortunate and homeless uh, out on the street. And so uh, part of the clip is uh, Sister uh, laying out some bread, taking some brown paper bags and making some sandwiches and going out to the street with uh, a bag that has a sandwich, some cookies and some water in it. So that whole concept, I think, is very powerful in terms of of, uh, what we should be trying to do. Uh, There's a large number of uh, homeless population uh, that exists in a lot of our cities around the country. And uh, on a lot of levels, there's nothing uh, or very little being done to deal with a lot of that situation. Some of us may encounter people who so-called panhandle or we may see them every day. You know, some of them might be legit in their quest to try to get some money or sometimes they ask for, you know, if you have something that they might be able to eat. And uh, some of them may be for real and sincere, and some of them may be faking. You know, we know how uh, streets are, and uh, people always uh, come up with different games to uh, try to uh, see if they can get a little something, you know, almost for nothing. So, uh, as I said, I think it's a cool video. and uh like to share it with folks and you know you should share that message because that's basically what we've been talking about on the uh new code uh building and uh can't simply be about talk and uh you know beyond talking about the problems is trying to uh, find solutions, and some of the solutions are very simple. You know, get out in the street and get involved. Uh, I did see another video with uh, another brother, or actually might be a a couple of brothers who have actually uh, gotten together to uh, make some endeavors to reach out to some of the youth in our communities and uh, share with them some of the information that they have uh, come upon that has uh, raised their understanding and consciousness in terms of what's going on and where we've been and where we're trying to go to. And... uh, it's uh, 
it's uh, very, uh, very good to see when people are actually uh, getting together to try to do something positive like that. So uh, I applaud uh, those folks who are making a conscious effort to get involved in some of the affairs of uh, what's going on and trying to uh, do something uh, with what it is they have as their talents. Uh, that was a brother uh, who goes by the name of uh, Shango Haru, H-A-R-U. And uh, it's uh, it's something, to me, there's been something about connecting with our people in the streets. Uh, since my early days of uh, kind of uh, being involved, uh, I guess, as a Muslim and being out on the street and uh, dealing with uh, the Muslim newspaper at the time, uh, there's always a kind of connection and uh, a kind of uh, not only feeling but a a absolute connection that I think takes place uh, actually out in the street and connecting with uh, everyday brothers and sisters and interacting with them in terms of uh, mentally where they are and trying to wake folks up and trying to connect with folks who are already, you know, awakened on some degree. And uh, I found the process of teaching uh, myself being a musician and here and there uh, teaching music to uh, others who are interested, uh, I found that process to be one of uh, not only teaching, but a process of learning uh, because you're often uh, faced with questions from uh, minds that are not used to a certain procedure or a certain format, uh, a certain uh, way of doing things. And so the questions that you get uh, kind of come from a different kind of uh, dimension that allows you to see things differently and also inspire, uh, you know, your own questions and uh also uh, things that will uh, help to motivate and inspire others. So uh, that's just something that uh, I think is a basic part of what needs to go on in our communities. Uh, We've 
to how there are organizations, there are churches, there are temples, there are synagogues, and so forth and so on, uh, so-called leaders, uh, individuals who, uh, schools, uh, all kinds of different uh, entities that exist that sometimes profess to be uh, motivated or seeking to do things for the community, but most of the time you very seldom see people actually on the street getting involved on a one-on-one with uh young brothers and sisters or, you know, whoever is interested in, uh, you know, kind of listening. But the actual uh, idea of taking that step to participate and connect with people is something that needs to be addressed uh, more, needs to be done more, uh, and uh, it also gives uh, those in our community a chance to see who is actually out here trying to do some work. Uh, we have organizations like the uh, Jehovah Witness uh, who go knocking on doors from time to time, uh, who sometimes uh, take a location at a particular spot. And for the most part, they're usually, uh, well, they're not knocking on your door. And you know what? I, I haven't seen uh, <laughs> I haven't seen some of them uh, knocking on the door. I guess maybe I've been lucky uh, not to have them uh, knocking on my door, but uh, I don't think I've seen them actually going out knocking on people's door in quite a little while, come to think of it. So I don't know if they have a change in their uh, procedures or what it is that they do. Uh, I have seen them uh, out on the street uh, standing in locations uh, and usually not... uh, you know, kind of reaching out to people is more so, I guess, if people tend to uh, give them uh, a little attention, they may uh, invite them to uh, talk with them or something. But uh, for the most part, I guess, unless it's uh, they know who not to uh, kind of talk to and not that, you know, I would necessarily uh, sometimes I think people have a tendency of kind of being like uh, ignorance is bliss and so if they don't know something if, you know, uh, hear them uh, kind of engaging with you to some degree and uh, whatever interaction, especially if you are more familiar with uh, 
what's going on in the world. You're not going to just go along uh, as a robot or an automaton as uh, what they call uh, someone who just kind of uh, goes along with this program, goes along with the script, and uh, just whatever it is that's being given to them, they just accept without any questions. Uh, I don't know, maybe they... (laughs) Maybe they are kind of trained in uh, trying to spot out people who uh, might pose uh, questions that they really don't want to answer because they know that what it is that they're involved in is not really of any benefit to especially our people uh, and most of you all know who I mean when I say our people. Uh, some people have a tendency of uh, throwing up flags or having disagreements with people simply because of certain words they use. Uh, then kind of gone back and forth with uh, a particular person who... Uh, claims to be a Moor, and uh, as most of you know, I consider myself a Moor, and uh, I don't really confine myself dialogue with people based on they choose to call themselves or what level of uh, understanding or knowledge or whatever, you know, that are on. Uh, I try to allow a open dialogue and conversation with folks, not trying to uh, put anybody down. Uh, but I'm finding that there are some who embrace certain uh, this organizational uh, so-called cops school thought uh, have a tendency being again and sometimes dissent uh, others as if they have never come from a period of time where they did not know what it is that they So uh, to me, it means to be a very uh, offensive type of attitude to take towards our people who have gone through so much over years and... Hopefully, people will not look at our condition today similar to how uh, crackers will often come with this dialogue about, oh, that happened a long time ago. You know, you should be over it by now. Well... That's easier said than done, and 
especially when there has never been any reparations, any repair, any real uh, concerted effort to repair the damage that has been done over hundreds of years. If you injure a man or woman or child and you take away their ability to function under normal circumstances, if you multiply that and take away that opportunity to exist as free human beings for hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden expose them to a society which is kind of like a game that they've never or they haven't played for hundreds of years, it's really outside of their ability and capacity to be able to function on a so-called normal basis. There's nothing mysterious about it. There's nothing uh, that's unusual about it. Anybody who gets injured and has to go to the hospital if they suffer a stroke has to be if they've had a heart attack. There's certain steps and procedures that one has to go through in order to get back to optimal health. And that has never been done. As we learn some of the things that we learn in our quest to uh, rise back to a state of normality, let alone raised to a state of greatness, being the ones who gave civilization to mankind. And for those who don't know the difference between man and mankind, man is us. Mankind is kind of like man but not quite there. Man and woman are human. They exhibit qualities of humanness. They exhibit love and compassion. One of the foundations of the greatness of our past Love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. We have lived in societies, in colonized 
societies and for those who might want to disagree that we are not in a colonized society, I beg to differ. Why? Because those who created this game called society, which is based on capitalism, which is based on death, destruction, murder, mayhem, confusion, lies, is basically the total polar opposite of where we came from and our greatness. So many of us have been damaged and corrupted by the wicked ways of Europeans who play this game called capitalism. And they even made an actual game called Monopoly. And it's based on those who have and too bad for those who have not. That's not the type of civilization that we come from as a people And unfortunately, many of our people fall into the trap of looking at the glitter of Europeans and thinking that is the path that we should be on instead of realizing that in order for us to make it as an individual, we have to make it as a people, and it has to be done collectively. Some may think that if I get a lot of money, if I get a good education, if I get a good job, if I move into a particular neighborhood, if I move out of the ghetto, sometimes even if I marry a Caucasian or marry somebody from another race, my life will be so much better and the odds against me will be that much less. I beg to differ on all of those issues because we have people amongst us who have money, 
yet they still face a lot of the problems that those without money from our community face too. There are those who move to neighborhoods where it's not considered the ghetto. It might even be a so-called European neighborhood. We've seen somebody like Skip Gates, uh, can't remember his first name, uh, but Skippy is, I think, pretty uh, appropriate for his name, but a Harvard graduate and looked upon as being a scholar, has made presentations of various uh, historical uh, findings in, in history that relate to us as a people in particular, although some of it may not be all true. And I say that because personally, I don't really trust the guy. I think he is more concerned with his own benefits and perhaps those within his own personal circle of uh, relationships. But we witnessed him suffering from the same problem that affects us around the country on a daily basis. being accosted and abused by people who are part of police departments. That's something we see on a daily basis around the country every day. But although he had money and although so-called prestige amongst some of his European counterparts, he still found out that he'll get treated like a so-called nigger, like everybody else irregardless to the fact that he was living in a neighborhood that was mostly Caucasians. And I believe his uh, wife is Caucasian too. So uh, he had quite a few different things going for him, but it didn't change the equation. of white supremacy acting out and doing what they do. Bill Cosby, he's another one. Quiet so much money and known around the world. Making big bucks and 
trying to do some things supposedly to uplift uh, our people to a degree. But his son was killed when he attempted to uh, purchase a major TV network. And a recent, over the last year, we've seen the stories come out about him and alleged drugging, raping of uh, various women, making claims against them. And a lot of those claims were probably almost uh, close to 20 years old or, or so. So we've seen uh, our girl, Harpo, Oprah Winfrey, going to stores to shop and get stopped because they maybe didn't know who she was and claimed that uh, she probably couldn't afford uh, stuff in the store. So uh, anyway... As I said, uh, the idea that we can individually escape the world of racism, of white supremacy, on our own simply because of how much money we have is a myth. Along with the myth of thinking that you are so famous that everybody knows you and no one would dare to violate your rights which should be your rights. Of course, pretty much as a people, it appears we don't have any rights. And I know there'll be some that will differ that, oh, we don't have any rights as a people because we label ourselves or we have allowed ourselves to be called Negro, black, and colored. And the only way that we will see our rights protected is when we embrace a nationality 
And I would like to believe that too. And it may be possible at some date and time in the future, but it really don't look like it's a reality right now. And as we witness the murder, cold-blooded murder, of a young 18-year-old boy. I mean, he, I mean, he was 18 years old. Sometimes, you know, people want to say, oh, you're 18, you're still a boy. And sometimes they want to say you're 18 and you're a young man. So Eric, youth, He was 18 years old, had a job, plans to go to college, graduated high, and shot in the back by lion police in St. Louis, Missouri. Mansour Ball Bay, a moor. Who proclaimed his nationality, but proclaiming your nationality alone is not going to do anything for you if you do not have a nation to uphold your claim of nationality. If there is no functioning body to protect those who are under the umbrella that they are proclaiming there is no chance of seeing peace freedom or justice because they don't love you and they continue to lie to you and they will continue as long as you allow them to and as long as you fail to organize and come together collectively embracing all of our people and recognizing that we are all the same, irregardless to whatever we call ourselves. They see us the same. 
they have no regard to what it is you call yourself? Brother El Haj Malik El Shabazz used to say, they don't kill you, they don't bust you in your head because you Protestant, because you Catholic, because you Muslim, because you whatever. It's simply because of the color of your skin. As much as we want to run from being defined as a people because of the color of our skin, although our shades can vary throughout the human bouquet, as CM Bay has said, The bottom line is we are targets to the constant barrage of death, destruction, genocide, miseducation, homelessness, poor health care, poor food, brutal abuses, and outright murder. And until we come together, and I know some of y'all are afraid. I know some of y'all are scared. I hear some of the comments. I see some of the remarks. And it's sad that some of our people would rather continue to be slaves, basically. In fact, they would probably even be willing to be on a plantation and master is not going to beat them because they're thinking some crazy freedom talk. Because they have a mind of their own to think and decide for themselves what it is that should be done as a people as opposed to following the dictates and commands of the various laws and disorder. They're spoon-fed to you every day. So, all I can do is say, like Harry Tubman said, 
could have freed more if they only knew they were slaves. But what's sad is many of our people know better but continue to live in fear because that is what is being perpetrated and distributed throughout this country and around the world by those who oppress us. And as many have said before me, when we as a people rise and return the scales of justice to an even balance, the rest of the world will be in trouble. I saw a video uh, earlier today where uh, two stores that were owned by, they they appeared to be uh, either of some type of Arab or even uh, Eastern European descent. And they were located in a neighborhood that was predominantly us there. And some remarks have been uh, posted regarding uh, the store and how those who supported that, these these two stores were like monkeys, were like so many various derogatory things and what's sadder about the particular story is not so much what had been posted and said by people associated with the ownership of these stores What's sadder is that people will continue to go there and support these people, although they gave some lame excuse as to how these blocks were made. And all they could do is say, we're sorry. What's sad is that those in that particular community where those stores exist will not put forth an effort to boycott those stores and shut them down like so many other stores around the country need to be shut down that exist in our neighborhoods 
that exploit our people, that sell us all kinds of foul food at houses, and we happily go there every day and support these people. Yet they don't give one thin dime back to the community. And that's my call to those brothers and sisters who are in that area. You need to boycott those stores so that anyone that comes in our neighborhood knows better than to disrespect our people. If you're not going to boycott the stores, then make a demand that the stores that exist, and this should be done all across the country too. Whoever has a business in our community has to be accountable to our community. They need to put something back into the community. They need to create some jobs for those in our community. How long will our people watch others come in to our communities while many of us are unemployed and homeless and watch others come in and build and work, creating businesses, creating housing that we can't even afford to live in and shop at. How long are we going to allow others to exploit us and we allow ourselves to be exploited. Yes, we are victims of post-traumatic stress disorder. And most of all, post-traumatic slave syndrome. And we need our people to start healing and teaching those of our people who are not aware of what has gone on, what is going on, and we need to collectively come together. In about another 11 days, uh, we have the return of the Million Man March, a 20-year anniversary of a demonstration, because it wasn't a march, per se, 
that shows you right there something's wrong because it's not even a march. But our people are so gullible to beliefs and hopes that are not based on any kind of functional or factual substance. That we will continually do the same thing over and over again, realizing that it's insanity to do the same thing and get the absolute same results. As I've said before, it's amazing that people who look to the leadership of people like Louis Farrakhan, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, I'm sorry, Martin Luther King III, who all are located in the same city, Chicago, where things are, we're told things are so out of control there. But yet, for the love of Minister Farrakhan, people are going to go to Washington, D.C., from various parts of the country, spending money, making the sacrifice to be at this event, to do what? With all the things that need correcting throughout the country, in each city around the country where we are, Why wouldn't some genius come up with the idea that people should gather in their own individual cities and deal with the issues that exist in their cities? Maybe that'll be part of the plan. If it is, then... Why waste money and time going to Washington, D.C.? But it's too late. It's done. It's in in the mix now. So we're going to watch. And I don't like to be the person who is like, I told you so. But Those of you who want to go along with this million-man march, the minute 
you don't hear any plan positive to be done afterwards other than a simple boycotting of Christmas? You need to forever turn your back on those who called you to this event. and make them participate in being involved on a streak and on the streets of all the cities, wherever you come from, and participate in feeding and seeing that all our people are fed, creating soup kitchens, from either donations or from people like those two stores that were in Michigan who decided that they want to simply apologize. Make them give back to our people and to the communities where they exist. That's the call. That's what needs to be done. Brother Aries, okay, maybe it's not Aries. Caller from New York, and you have a uh, question or comment? Greetings, brother. How's it going? Peace. Peace. This is uh, Yao Kepra, Felix Wilson. All right, my brother. Went from the out of state to the to the to the in state uh <laughs> phone number, yeah. Okay. Yeah, back with the seven one eight. Um yeah. like progress. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm um I, I caught part of what you said in regards to the um Million Man March. And um I remember that there were a lot of people working with the Millions More movement who necessarily weren't Nation of Islam and was moving on the initiative of the Millions More movement. So there were people trying to do stuff. I don't know how much support they were getting from the Nation of Islam themselves. Um, I know, and I'm saying this because I know um, that I've heard Farrakhan speak about um, outreach, but how much help that they were getting, I'm not really sure. Some people saying, yeah, the Nation of Islam supports the Million More movement. Some people saying they weren't. 
So um, there was that did come out the first Million Man March uh, twenty years ago. But again, I haven't seen anything where there's the Millions More movement has produced something in twenty years. You know, to be honest, to say okay, this is their stamp, and um, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the the questions, you know, and the concerns are valid. And whoever's saying otherwise, you know, is just not being honest. You know, the concerns are valid. What happens mm-hmm. now? What's going to go on, you know, and, and with the, the climate that we're in, you know. And then, you know, on top of that, saying justice or else, in the midst of the climate, See that for me, that was probably that was the that was the one issue that bothered me. I was like, justice or else, and you come in the march. Wait a minute, selling a wolf ticket, going going to a <laughs> like wait a minute, a gun, going to a gunfight with a cap pistol, huh? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, justice else. And I'm like, I don't know, like I don't you know, what kind of march is this? You know, I'm like what like you know, the first million man march was about atonement. It was clear. Hey, we need to get our stuff together, we need to put stuff in place, we need to heal ourselves, we need to get stuff right amongst each other, this and that. This march seems like it's a a, a, a protest march rather than when you say justice or else, that sounds like a protest march to me. And so if it's treated differently, if people are not expecting it to be treated differently than it was 20 years ago, they're not, then they're not really paying attention. Mm-hmm. So that march, quote unquote, 20 years ago was a gathering. And it was a march, yes, but it was a display of unity and, you know, so forth and so on. How the change is different. I can understand when you're saying, you know, justice or else. I see where that is appropriate based on what we've been dealing with recently with the killings and abuses that we've been dealing with the police. Um, I just hope people understand what else that means. You know, when 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 you start putting up words and saying things like that, this is not the same March twenty years ago when you're using that kind of speech and miss the climate that we're in. So, you know, I'm still I'm still undecided, you know, whether I'm going or not. Probably not. But <laughs> you know, I'm still thinking, okay, well what am I going for? You know, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I didn't hear all of what you said, but you know. Well, part part of part of your point, uh, I kind of touched on in terms of uh, we as a people uh, can only be truly free as an individual when we are all free together when we are all collectively uh, striving and able to, you know, say that everyone has what they need, you know. Uh, 
touched on the fact that, you know, there are individuals who have thought that marrying outside of, you know, their race or acquiring a certain amount of money, acquiring a certain amount of education, having a certain job, moving out of the community, you know, all of these things are like, you know, going to somehow insulate them from being treated like everybody else. And the fact that many of our people gravitate towards uh, personalities. Farrakhan is, you know, the epitome of, you know, oh, this is, you know, here's somebody who, okay, everybody's going to listen to him. You know, oh, he, you know, he's been around. <clears throat> everybody's heard him. <clears throat> Most of what he says you can't necessarily disagree with but when it comes to the facts of actions, as you said, in 20 years, uh haven't seen anything much uh, come out of that, uh, you know, other than, you know, some feel-good, you know, emotional uh, aspect of, you know, oh, it was a, it was a great gathering, you know, uh, I, you know, I said before how, you know, I didn't go to the first one. Uh, and I recall, you know, the, the city, New York City, uh, I was working, I had to work. And so uh, the city, you know, it, you felt a little different, you know. You, you felt a difference in the atmosphere. But, you know, Day or two later, it's, it's almost like what happened with nine one one. All of a sudden, you know, <laughs> people were in a state of uh, not knowing what was going on, and so Caucasians tended not to be as arrogant, and you know, uh, they were they were more in a state of confusion, I think, than most of us were because we're, we're used to living in confusion. So, you know, ain't nobody attacking us, you know. We ain't got nothing, you know. What the fuck they going to take from us, you know, that ain't been already going on and taken from us already. But I did attend, uh, I don't know, maybe it was a 10-year point, what they call the uh, Millions More March, which okay. uh, was organized uh, not solely by the Nation of Islam, you know, and probably even the first time uh, wasn't even a, a sole effort. Uh, but uh, what came out of that was supposed to be some uh, groups in, in local areas that were supposed to kind of do a a door-to-door or something or whatever, or some kind of effort. But honestly, I, I, when there was outreach for people to uh, try to mobilize people to go to that particular event, mm-hmm. I don't even recall seeing a lot of people from the Nation of Islam uh, active in that. Uh, 
meaning they, they have a newspaper, uh, you know, and seem to be pretty much the extent of, you know, whatever they did. Uh, people like Bob Law uh, on a local level in New York, uh, the December 12th movement that uh, I was a part of at that particular time, uh, you know, we, we, we did a lot of the footwork. Uh, part of what I talked about earlier was, you know, just the whole idea of the type of interaction and involvement and uh, the, the, the connection that you make with people when you are on the street when you do interact with your people and, you know, they get to feel, you, you feel them, you know, you, you, you know what's going on because you're there. And they know you because they see you there and you're interacting with them. But in this day of a, day and age of uh, Internet, I, you know, I, I've, I've yet to see, you know, like, you know, just going down the street and seeing somebody, oh, yeah, brother, oh, you're going to meet, you know, I haven't heard that. Uh, let's see, I was in Brooklyn uh, last week, uh, saw a brother at the train station, and he was selling bean pies and Final Call newspaper, you know, by himself, you know. So, uh, you know, I don't really see any kind of group effort to 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 do anything, you know, and, you know, sure, I'm, I'm sure, you know, they'll probably get the, the numbers. Maybe then again, maybe they won't. We'll see what happens. But uh, the bottom line is uh, the only thing that's been pretty much uh, presented on the to-do list is boycotting Christmas. And that, to me, is something that people uh, – could do without going to Washington, you know, you can save your money in your pocket. And, you know, there's plenty of things in everybody's individual city that, you know, needs attention. And Chicago especially, having uh, Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, uh, Al Sharpton, and Martin Luther King III there, and all of what goes on there or what is not going on there, you know, is any kind of, uh, you know, effective, you know, progressive change. There's, you know, crazy numbers of schools that have closed, you know, creating problems for those who are in the gangs who, you know, uh have to make the decision of either going to school or, you know, going going to school and fighting their way to go to school or dropping out. So, I mean, what is going to be so special about Washington, D.C., to go there on a day where ain't nobody there but tourists, you know, if anything? So what are you going to do? You're going to affect the tourist trade, the Tourist money for the day? Who gives a fuck? But yeah, on a Saturday, which was kind of odd to me. Yeah. Okay. You know? Saturday? I was like, really? So, 
I was like, Saturday? Uh, you know, because I thought it was going to be on the Monday. Like, you know, like the, you know, I think it was, I don't know if it was Columbus, 1015, was that Columbus Day in 95? Oh, well, I mean, if, if, if we're talking about an anniversary, then it should be on the exact date that, uh, you know, that it that it was originally on, if anything. But, you know, once again, you know, it's accommodating, you know, I guess those are weekend warriors. And, you know, I guess if, uh, if uh, this is the type of gap you've already seen, you know, a lack of, anything substantial going on from either the previous events because it's actually been more than more than uh just two other events i think there was a, a million family march or something and right. at that time i think he had reverend moon and with all his other stuff but uh you know uh folks come back and, you know, there's something to do. I mean, if it makes, you know, I have no problem with getting, you know, getting that. I'm just looking at wasted energy and, and money. And once again, you know, who knows what kind of accountability is going to take place in terms of, you know, where the money went uh, as, what happened in the past. Dr. John Henry Clark and people in New York had a uh, uh, a, a gathering, you know, kind of critiquing the first event. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, yeah, those points. You're talking about prior? You're talking about prior or after? Uh, it was after. Okay, I didn't go for that. It, I want to, it, it, I might, want been, to it might have even been one before, but I know that there, you know, the one I recently saw was was after, and uh, questions was posed, and people were invited from the Nation of Islam uh, to come and participate, but no one represented the Nation of Islam, and that's part of what I've seen in the past uh, with the other event that 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 I, that I named. I know uh, a lot of the stuff we were doing in the community. Uh, we continue to do uh, in terms of going out in the street and, and, you know, reaching the people. And when calls was made to people from the Nation of Islam to participate, it never happened. Sometimes, you know, they say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there, and ain't no way around. So, you know, I, I know how they get down. And, and you know, I, that's why I'm not really impressed with, uh, you know, the, the effort to do anything with them because they got a bad track record. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if things change, okay, you know, I, I accept that and I, I'll roll with you if, you if you're doing something new. But if it's simply to gather money for an individual or for a group of individuals, you know, a part of, you know, this so-called royal family, 
uh, you know, I, I can't see that. Uh, peace to those. Uh, I've got a couple other callers on the line. Uh, the lines are open. Uh, you're welcome to politely uh, introduce yourself and <laughs> participate if you have a question or comment. And, uh, you know, we're just, uh, you know, talking about uh, this event. And, you know, my sole presentation tonight wasn't just based on, you know, that particular event, but uh, I mentioned uh, some efforts that some other young people were doing in other parts of the country just in terms of going out on the street and feeding mentally and with some actual food, uh, you know, some of our brothers and sisters who are out on the street who need help. You know, uh, we've seen throughout our history as a people after slavery, uh, people who came up in our community who saw what was needed and provided housing, provided food, provided education, provided business, you know, work towards establishing businesses. But now what, what, what do we see? We're seeing people who don't look like, like us come into this country and specifically target our neighborhoods to extract our hard-earned uh, monies and give nothing back, and we continue to support them. I have talked about two, two stores where uh, there were some things posted uh, denigrating uh, the brothers and sisters who were supporting these, these businesses by uh, either Eastern Europeans or Arabs or whatever they was, and all the Arabs could say, oh, well, this was uh, my son that did this. Uh, he's not working at the store no more. Uh, uh, we're sorry. And so to me, I'm sure people are going to go continue to uh, shop with these people without putting any kind of demand on them, which is, you know, totally should be totally unacceptable. So uh yeah, so uh anyway, that's what we're talking about. Uh I see uh Kipper got bumped off uh back on the line perhaps. Uh but the lines are open and uh we got about another half an hour of uh airtime, but uh you know, that's uh, pretty much kind of uh, what we're kind of looking at and uh, trying to address. And, you know, once again, regardless to whatever we call ourselves, uh, you know, we have a common denominator. And based on that common denominator, the only way for us to find uh, any justice and freedom 
is through our unity. And it can't be just unity based on, okay, this person looks like me. There has to be principles. There has to be accountability. There has to be true love for the people. And as Kepper has made presentations, uh, sincerity, integrity, and accountability. Absolutely. It's the same thing. So unless we have that, we're not going to move anywhere. I mean, we can gather in a location on 1010 or any day after that and whenever, but it ain't going to go nowhere unless those ingredients are there and there's a plan to actually do some concrete things that are going to, you know, make people have to be accountable for what it is they say. It can't just be, oh, you say something. You're going to have to do something to prove what you say. So Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that um you know again I'm I'm really um my concern for the climate of of how things are, you know, you look at Obama since he's been in office, how, you know, white people have really exposed how they feel about race. Um, you look at, you know, white people seeing they losing their grip on things. You know, you got all the stuff that they knew to be white and, you know, to be their stuff is no longer there. You know, even from their game shows, you know, let's make a deal. Wayne Brady, black man, <laughs> Sam Feud, Steve Harvey, Black man, um, millionaire show, black man, you know, all the things they're accustomed to seeing, you know, since the Million Man March, Tiger made his impression. So, even the Daily Show now, the black man. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Peace, fam. Yeah, exactly. Even the Daily Show now is a black man. So, and then you look at South Carolina. Um, where, you know, one little white boy shot eight people. One little white boy shot nine people, excuse me, killed nine people. And I'm saying... Well, if, if, well, even if, 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 if that is in, indeed true, you know, who knows? I mean, they can tell us anything, but, you know, go ahead. I, you know, I just want to raise, you know, that we can't always believe everything, you know, they give us, but, you know, I, I hear you. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that the climate, you know, mm-hmm. is, is, is a lot different than it was um, 20 years ago because at least there was some, quote, unquote, decorum and, you know, we're going to be the, we're gonna be a covert racist and we're going to act like this, you know. Now stuff is just like boom. This is where it is. Like it, loved it, whatever. So uh, you could have so where at the at the Million Man March, it wasn't a counter protest. 
I can definitely see counter protests at this at this march. And what's that mean? I definitely see counter protests, especially with justice or else as, as the theme, especially with the new Black Panther Party, um, who is um, who's been in the news lately and for the last several years about stuff. Um, I definitely see counter protests. But what does I'm, that mean now? Well, that wasn't the case 20 years ago. I I actually had a, a, a pose a question to myself thinking about I heard the news the other day. Pardon me, I meant to say peace. I was listening peace. to you guys though, but uh, peace, brothers. Um, um, ten ten is the same day as the Democratic National Convention, and most of them, a lot of delegates, are not even going to be in Washington at, at, on that day. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out what was the sense, honestly, even holding a um, man march on Washington on the day when a lot of the delegates are not even going to be around. It's just, I mean, I just, I really don't even know. I'm just, it just made me wonder though. Like nobody's really even going to be around. So what, 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 is it just the point to make a stand? And it, it really started having me questioning a lot of things that you were saying, brother. And that was like, is it, is it a profitable move? Like what's the real sense? Because the, the, the dogs that you're supposed to be yelling at are not even home. Oh. Farrakhan is an eloquent speaker, uh, you know, very articulate, but I think when it comes to actually doing something or, you know, having a plan like a general, you know, or, or, or an engineer, he doesn't, he doesn't have that ability. I mean, that's, that's just my opinion, you know, uh, I mean, I, I remember coming back to New York in 1985, and uh, his first return to New York after being, uh, you know, shipped out after Elijah Muhammad uh, passed. Uh, there was an event at the, uh, I think it was the Felt Forum of uh, Madison Square Garden. You know, it was a packed event. People was all outside, you know, couldn't get in, lined up. And, uh, you know, he popped up, you know, power products, you know. And so, uh, I don't know, there was uh, maybe some loading and some deodorant. And it wasn't, it was it wasn't actually available uh, at the event. I think they did show, you know, like a couple of the products, but they weren't actually available for sale. And later on, they they did become available. I, you know, I, where you would get them from, and all that other stuff. I, you know, it's like, you know, there there was all of that was lost. So that I don't I don't know how long that that lasted, but uh, personally, I don't know if if the deodorant, you know, even contained aluminum, you know, <laughs> which is one of the things uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, deodorants contain, and uh, you know they were conscious enough to, uh, you know, not have that in there. But uh, other than that, you know, uh, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't, I don't know of anything, you know, and you know maybe I missed it, but you know if somebody wants to, you know, 
tell me about something other than Scientology, uh, then, you know, hey, you know, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> hmm. I'd like to just say um, good evening to everybody. Uh, peace. You were, peace. You were speaking, so I didn't want to interrupt you. All right. Appreciate that. What, what, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, New Jersey. Okay. Cool. Uh, my name is Brother Masai Bay. Okay, Mr. Masai yes. Bay. How are you, my brother? Yes, sir. <laughs> I know somebody by that name. Yes, sir. Okay. I just listened to that. Good show. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that, that, that thing you're talking about, that's that, that, that power at last forever show, 1985. Right. Yeah, the reason why I remember it so much is because that's the show that broke my heart. Because mm-hmm. I've always been a staunch supporter of um, Mr. Farrakhan. And back in the days, everybody had to take off from work. And we knew a lot of us was going to lose our jobs back then because it was done during the weekday. And I believe it was on a Wednesday. And the city got damn near shut down. New York got shut down. And a lot of people lost their jobs. And mm-hmm. after, after the show, uh, I mean, my, the hair was raised up on my back, man, the things that he was saying. He said that, he said, if the white man does not allow us to be a nation, then it's war. Then he said, you ain't hear me. What did he say? <laughs> everybody said, it's war. I mean, it was like everybody was with this. And I was like, whoa, this is really going to happen. Mm-hmm. So and then after that, the next day, you saw all of these brothers and sisters. And, um, first, I, I went up to 125th Street. Um, the next day I saw they were supposed to get that building right there where the train is at, number two is at. It was like that used to be over there where the restaurant was too. Mm-hmm. So they were like, that building was ready to be cleaned. It was abandoned still. Uh, uh, a business had left. So it was like basically going back around the neighborhood to get all these two-story buildings from 116th Street on up, like really trying to do some more staking takes and get all this stuff rolling, some stores and all that. And you saw them over by, uh, by the Apollo, not the Apollo, the other movie theater next to it. It's like this long line. They were selling toupees. They had, I think they had, they had toilet paper. They had toupees. They had soap, uh, deodorant. And it was like rolling. And then all of a sudden you said, boom, that thing just disappeared. I said, what happened? Just what happened? Nobody knew what happened. It just died. Nobody gave an explanation, no nothing. It just died. I was like, this is bull, man. I'm not doing this. And that was the end for me. Mm. I this since I was 10 years old. Um, I used to, I remember the days when he was on the radio, man. <clears throat> I used to make sure I hear that show on Sunday, boy, because he was tearing it up. Then they made it so bad because everybody listened to his show so much. They moved to like 5 o'clock in the morning and stuff like that. I still mm-hmm. followed him to 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then they made it impossible for you to follow him <laughs> after a while. But things changed since back then to me. Things changed drastically. I mean, I, I, and, 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 I, and when you get older, you know, nobody can't say. When you get old, even though you got all that money, you got all that stuff, you don't want none of that stuff. So he ain't going to do or say, uh, he may say, but he ain't going to do after stuff he leaves incited back in the days because now he's much older. And two, I mean, nobody never did a survey about how many cars he got, how many Rolls Royces he got, like a rapper. You know, they always doing surveys on them. Oh, they got this, they got this mansion, they got that mansion, this, that, and third. Where do he live at? Does he have a mansion? How many cars do he own? Do he own about 15 or 16 of them, too? Does he own any Rolls Royces? Well, how did he get them? Mm. You know, 
No, does he have any extra wives? Does he have any extra children? Nobody will be asking a lot of questions. A lot of these things, I mean, but that's, you know, aside from the thing, but as far as the movement itself and it getting off the ground and us becoming a, a, a unified people with some form of a Congress, because, you know, we all don't got the same exact views. You know, but we, you know, so with the Congress and everybody sending some men to represent, and, you know, surely we can come up with a circle of men that are able to handle the affairs of our, of, our, of us as a people and start getting, you know, because the truth of the matter is, let's say they gave us a few states for ourselves. We can maintain it. We got the mm-hmm. skill. We got the knowledge. All we need is the money because they got the equipment, so we got to buy the equipment for big, you know, uh, uh, tractors and stuff that get up the ground and, you know, put up these buildings and all that. And we just got to buy the machine. We got the experience The experience now. We got the experience for everything to run the whole daggone show. But that's one thing this guy don't want, and that's one thing we don't realize. He don't want that. You can have some money in your pocket. You can have a little something on the side. But you start talking about some power, some economic power. Shit, mm-hmm. if you got economic power, you got political power. You ain't mm-hmm. not saying that. They're not trying to do that. And that's what we don't get. Man, look here, why you want to rock the boat? I mean, what you, well, well, yo, bro, I mean, I went to school. I had to get mine. You know, I got my degree. I did that. Okay, granted. That's an individual choice. Everybody got those individual choices because we are supposed to make ourselves better. So surely we should be delving into higher learning and stuff like that so that we can at least when the time comes, like we just finished talking, and you want to sit at the table and say, well, what can you offer? Well, I'm a bricklayer, or I'm a this, or I'm that, you know. My, my greatest example of a, of, a, of a real leader is Booker T. Washington, the man that, is that the same, the one who built the Tuskegee Institute University. He taught people with nothing almost, with just a couple of dollars, how to build, how to make bricks. You know, he, he, he employed everybody. He, if you look at, if you ever get hold of any of his work, you'll see the things that his students did. They built every institution that they had standing, even his house. They donated all their services with that. Now, these guys today, they got millions and millions of dollars from them to the rappers. Okay, well, who's doing what? Nobody. Because we all got diluted by getting into this program that they got here. This, you know, why can't we all get along and, you know, this melting pot shit. We got we we got lost in who we are. They never lost themselves, and they're not going to lose themselves. Because one thing you can bet your last dollar on, you can always have social. You can always have like fun and games and sport and play. You can always mingle with that kind of stuff, parties, you know, stuff like that. Mingle with this money. See if you can do that. That's not happening. That's not happening because they're not going to let that happen. That's one thing they're afraid of, us to become independent. And the thing is, we have a right to become independent. And the thing is, we can become independent, but we're not mobilizing ourselves on a, on a, on a political platform also, you know. And then we got to really be clear about what the heck we're doing when we mobilize ourselves on this platform. But... um. Uh, these guys, you know, these meetings, and everybody just going to be out there. Basically, they to sell shirts, make some money, meet some new girls. Um, you know, let's talk, you know, a little, you know, shop talk. Uh, okay, back to normal. Get your ass back on the block. You, you get back on that corner. 
you go finish selling your drugs, and you know, because ain't nothing else gonna happen tomorrow. But it's not gonna be what after that meeting. We said it's a brighter day. I don't think so. It should have been a brighter day since back then. So I don't, I don't see that. I see just a, a group of men meeting, and maybe something might come even out of that that somebody might uh, splinter off and start something. I don't know, but I don't, I don't see nothing happening with that other than everybody just meeting and, you know. One guy talking, he's been running the show for a long time, and he ain't going to get out of line. He would have got out of line when Qaddafi gave him that money. He ain't getting out of line. He ain't going to get out of line. And I don't know nobody in this day and time that's considered, quote, unquote, our leaders that's going to get out of line. They all got a 501c3. We got a 501c3. Can't make no political statements. Those statements got to cause them to mess with your money. They ain't going to do that these days. I don't care who they are. Don't matter what religious group they are, from Islam to Christianity. And you find more Islam. And you look at look at these buildings with all these mosques and all this stuff going up. You see the INC right behind everything. Inc. Incorporated. <laughs> these people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Just ink stuff, man. But hey, that's life, you know what I mean? That's all I got to say. Yeah. All right. Good to hear from you, my brother. Huh? I'll say, yeah, good to hear from you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah so we got to do something as a people. And it really don't take, I don't think it's going to take them to make it happen. It's got to take us, the common person, the common guy, mm-hmm. you know, the grassroots guy. They talk about the conscious community. Uh, the grassroots community is the better than that. Cause, uh, I'd rather stick with the grassroots community. The conscious community having all kinds of birds. They got birds inside. I don't feel like playing with birds. I don't know what the conscious community is. I, 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 don't, I don't even want to give it that name. I, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I don't even want to use that name anymore, honestly, because it it, it, it demeans the word conscious. The way these people, the way these people, I don't want to say these people. I don't want to say that. I'm, I'm going to retract that statement. The way people in general. Act within the so-called conscious community is is sickening, and it it just completely degraded the name from when I was growing up, and it was known to be conscious. Um, it, it, it's it's a lot of pride going on in there. I mean, the one good thing of it is, is black people coming into knowledge of self, but the arrogance and ignorance that is coming out of this community. And the, the glorification of self that's coming out of this. I mean, I've seen people do everything to get attention within, the, and a lot of times it's just mostly Facebook groups, but just to be the, the number one dominant lecturer or knowledge seeker in a Facebook group, and it's crazy. Like we, I, like it, it's it's crazy. Like you can be called anything just for being yourself in these groups, and it, it's crazy. Conscious, oh. Crazy, and that's that's kind of what brings that's kind of what helps bring down what everybody's trying to do now too. Because it's like as we're awakening, this should be the perfect time for us to be coming together. But the awakening is starting to draw certain people apart because people are still held on to what they know and 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 what do you know and prove what you know. And it's like, my brothers, why are we still fighting if we're gaining more knowledge? Like that's the one thing I don't understand. If we actually oh, gain more knowledge, why are we fighting? I know why that happened, and and, and I said it. 
to a couple of people, and I got a theory, and, and it, it's shown to be true, and, and it's not popular because it, it really gets at um, certain things that people don't want to hear. But I remember in the early 90s, like you talked about, conscious meant, you know, there was no being conscious without you doing something. If you was conscious of African culture, then you played the drums. If you was conscious of Pan-Africanism, then you was organizing around Pan-African stuff. If you was conscious about black nationalism, then you were doing stuff in the community, or you were, you know. So so there was always action connected to being conscious back then. But also, too, there was a higher level of... You knew that once you became, once, you know, being conscious, it was like, okay, I'm moving to a different level of personal accountability. I can't do the same things I used to do. I can't wear the same things. I can't eat the same I can't do. But what happened was with the goddess, what happened was, what happened was when being conscious became and this revolutionary but gangster piece. That changed the whole meaning. That changed I said, the, said it became fashionable. <laughs> oh, worse. Worse than fashionable, yes. Fashionable, yes. But you gotta understand, when I heard that said in the nineties, I was like, revolutionary but gangster. I was but, like, What you know, the hell is that? I was you like, know, how the hell can that make sense? I was like, you got people in lockdown, you got political prisoners you got Moon Six being bombed. You got Geronimo Pratt. You got all these people, Matulu Shakur, Bomina. You got all these people getting, you know, cops getting at them. They being put in the hole. Police raiding them. You're just saying revolutionary butt gangster as if being a revolutionary wasn't hardcore enough? As if revolutionaries weren't riding or dying? As if revolutionaries weren't, you know, busting back at cops? Come on. I feel like that is total disrespect. No, you don't understand. Nah, man, that's bullshit. I said that when it was, I thought it was 94, whatever it was. I said that's bullshit. And what it did, it made people say, because remember, just simple English now. If I said, hey, that woman is a nice woman, but, but too skinny. Hey, that's a nice looking woman, but she's too fat. So what happens is anything that comes before the butt is minimized and diminished. And everything after the butt is amplified and maximized. So when you say revolutionary, but you're taking the revolutionary part and minimizing it and shrinking it. Then you and you emphasizing the gangster piece. So what you have in the quote-unquote conscious community is this whole type of gang rivalry and all the all the unfavorable and, and, and detrimental stuff of the street now flying in and being the baseline on how we interact. That's what you see in these Facebook groups. That's what you see in these rap battles that they call debates. You know, it's a rap battle. <laughs> Well, I, don't think, I don't think none of that's going to save us as a people. I mean, I don't care who you're battling. 
in, in, in all your uh, debated lectures. That ain't going to save nobody. That ain't going to stop nobody from being homeless. That ain't going to stop nobody from getting their babies taken. None of that kind of stuff. I mean, that's basically, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe argumentative talk or anger talk or about, you know, just talk about what the problem is but not do anything about the problem. So, I mean, it's not like nothing can't be done about the problem, but it takes unity. It takes, you know, get off your high horse and see that your uh, men are equal uh, amongst you and that you all sit down together in order to bring about a change in the community, not, oh, you above him, he's above you, he below you. Who's the hottest rapper? It's who's the hottest rapper. It must be who's the hottest, you know, speaker, who's the hottest, who got the hottest YouTube video. There's yeah. no difference. There's no That's difference in the rap game. It's no, it's no, and it's exactly, it's, I mean, it's a mirror image. Mirror. I think that's for entertainment purposes only. I don't see it for anything else too much. I mean, I look at people, They sometimes you get some good points out there too, but that's not going to save us from this onslaught that we've been continuing. They just showed, they just, they just made it clear for this new, this so-called conscious age about where things is at. We're in the conscious age, and they just killed a bunch of young people in our community, elder men too. You know, we saw the guy get shot eight or nine times, and if it wasn't for the video, <laughs> he would have got off of that. We saw the guy in Florida with the, the Jamaican brother. He got off the bike. He was riding. He walked up to the cop and shot him down. Bah, 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 bah. We saw um, the, the Zimmerman guy, and he, and he walks around still talking about, yeah, you, you remember what happened to the last guy. He keep talking that shit to me. Um, what else we saw? I mean, it's a host of things. Uh, right, we right. saw. Because at the end of the saw, day, still, yeah. um, until these people with all these views use that, like you said, to fight this thing that's happening and use it to galvanize the people that actually say, okay, yeah, I'm getting all these views. Now we do this and such, as opposed to saying, yeah, I'm getting all these views. Watch me debate this and make this dude look wrong. It's like, yo, what are you actually doing? I mean, you you getting the views, you have the thing, you have the platform, and when the issues happen, they're waiting for 10 10. Now it's like, okay, we're going to the 10 10. We're going to galvanize that on 10 10. And, and, and what's going to happen when 10 10 comes? And it passed, and the next person dies. Because it's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. We, we know this already. We, we don't have to, we're not going to ask whether it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. So it's going to happen when 1010 comes and passes, and somebody else dies. You mentioned Geronimo Pratt, and I studied his case. Um, he had a very good case. Um, they were bank robbers. <laughs> And they call themselves the African something United Front. Um, and in his case, the only mistake that he made that the AUSA had against him was that he made these all these various different claims, but he didn't prove because he claimed that he was a political prisoner and things of that nature. But he didn't prove under no treaty or international law where he was a political prisoner at. That's where he failed at. If you really read, go back and pick up his case, get it off of Lexus and just study it, you'll see where the decision came down at that he fell short at. Not that we can't make that political claim and that international claim, but we need to study something, at least get an understanding about what this is all about. And we need to understand the past, know where we are in the present, and how to move to the future. I'll give an example. Uh, I, have a, uh, I had a case that I found that was in, from California, <clears throat> 1870. It was a Mexican case, though. But the Mexican case, they was trying to say that the Mexican judge 
the Mexican, um, some people, um, some other Mexicans was claiming, or I think it was white people, I'm not exactly sure, but they was claiming that he wasn't a citizen of the United States. And this was in 1870. And the court was stating that he was a citizen by virtue of the, of the Treaty of Guadalupe, that when, the, um, when this territory over here in California ceded to the United States, that um, they had a year to uh, proclaim uh, um, where they were going to be at, whether they were going to remain Mexican citizens of the Republic of Mexico or whether they were going to come over to the, the new sovereign who now controlled this territory. And those that didn't, after a year, they became subjects. Mm. So the argument that the court did in favor of him was that he was a citizen and that the other ones, the other people, after 18, under the 1870s, see, they didn't say what the 1870s was dealing with. They got a Naturalization Act that took place in 1870 that's different from the Naturalization Act of 1789 that deals with white people. This was for those of African descent and anybody else who was not subject or who could not be, meet the requirements of the one of 1789, that they became citizens. But the Act of 1870 was supportive of the 14th Amendment. So in, 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 in light of all of that, well, what's really been supposed to have happened since 1868 was that those who, quote, unquote, by implied consent who became citizens of the United States were supposed to go under the Naturalization Act and, do a dec- and, and declare their intentions to become citizens, mm. which never did happen. Mm. So that being the case, then how can there anyone who, uh, uh, just because they're born here, make a claim that, oh, I'm a citizen because, you know, I, I was born here? And, quote, unquote, descendants of slaves, although never enslaved themselves. It doesn't make any sense. There's no law for that kind of stuff like that. But they have a law out there that stated that these individuals who have been made citizens, although they carry the name citizen, they do not enjoy any political rights. They do, cannot participate in the management of the affairs of this government or its laws, although they may be a part of, of the management of making laws. They have no effect over how the law is going to be because their rights, they don't have that political right to make that determination. I said, I'm saying that to say this. You can have as many niggas that you want in Congress. That don't mean a damn thing to them. Why? Because it's already been established by the foundation. <clears throat> That's why I love that book um, called The Negro, the Beast. Um, you can you can Google it and find it. It's a bad book um, written by this religious pastor, this European guy, and how he stated that um, the condition of the Negro is is, is what irrevoc is irrevocably cannot be changed by no legislation or anything by Congress or nobody else that has already been fixed by God that he was a part of the beast of prey when creation took place. He is not a man that he is part of the beast. And they said, and that's what that's what this law is still saying too. So what? You can play with, you can go to parties with us. You can have a lot of fun and all the other good stuff. Go to the bar and hang out in the same restaurant and all that. But you ain't getting no political power that you can make economic and social change. You're not doing that. What we will do is we will pattern things for you that you can wear, and that's how you'll make your change. But you're not making no changes on your own, and you're not you're not separating because you don't know enough. We're not trying to learn enough. But that's life. 
until we do something. And these other guys who are the internet sensations and all that, I believe they know all this kind of stuff too. But the, 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 I think the issue is what's the approach? Have they sat down and decided, okay, how are we going to approach this? What is the method of operation? You're not going to invent the wheel. Well, now what I'm talking about now is we've got to get up in those courtrooms. So you're not going to invent the wheel, so how are we going to make this thing happen? And all we need is a nice, little, nice group. Nice group has witnesses and everything to support the whole team. And then somebody who knows the steps to take and the process. And then it can be some big changes going around here. But that's what we keep falling short at. That sounds like a lot of weight and I said that sounds like a lot of weight and no. That's why, honestly, not for nothing. Most things that I try to focus on, and this is just me personally, which is not, I'm not saying that doesn't need to be done, that definitely needs to be done, but I focus, try to focus on more on just us taking care of us because if we're trying to wait for a change in, in, in a political or, or, or economic system for us, Shit, I, I don't see that happening regardless. That's why I just feel we have to take care of ourselves. I, I don't believe that we're not ready to take care of ourselves. I, I believe we, we definitely are ready to take care of ourselves. We just have to do it. And and I think some people people are people people are waiting, and I can't from people are apprehensive a lot of times, and we do need to uh, await uh, to 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 uh to follow. We do need a like a template. Um, but I'm not going to give up on us in a way just to say as far as completely just waiting on a system to, to work because I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm only 34, about to be 35 next Wednesday. When we turn this show next Wednesday, I'll be here on my birthday. And I don't believe I'm going to live that long to see a change. And I think I got a lot of living left. So I don't think I don't, I'm going to live that long to see a, a, a political change for us. I, I, I think you will. But you it know what? Be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice. I'm not going to say I, I don't want to. It would be nice. But uh, I think I, I think it needs to be a whole system change, and that's why we need to focus on taking care of us. And that's why I believe, like, the first thing you said earlier, I, I'm definitely wholeheartedly for that. We need to learn how to teach each other tools and, and, and trades so that way we can all be self-sufficient and learn how to build and, 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 and do things for ourselves in order to take care of ourselves. But I, I'd say as far as, as far as more preparing for disaster and rebuilding as opposed to waiting for uh, like a, a, a great change happening or a great shift within the government. Oh, well, that sounds like I'm voting for somebody. He's gonna make this big difference. Like your genie's gonna come out the bottle. Of me. <laughs> Give me my genie. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Obama jumping out the damn bottle as a genie. Huh? He's giving me three wishes. <laughs> Shit, even him. Even him. Who, although he's aware of the Fourteenth Amendment, he ain't touch it because he's exactly. gonna get a bullet. He's gonna get a bullet in his head. Anybody exactly. touching that thing. And and he was the best one to make the real biggest difference regarding that. I don't know if he's going to do it at the end of his term so he can get out of harm's way. I'm not exactly sure how this guy is going to turn out. However, the fact still remains, even him, if you go and YouTube his video in Germany, when he spoke there, um, um, he told the Europeans in Germany that my wife had the blood of slaves in her veins. 
He said, my father was a goat herder, a goat herder. Because everybody keeps thinking this guy is an African-American under the terms that they use, which come out of Jesse Jackson bullshit. But they keep thinking this guy is an African-American. And I'm telling them, the only reason why this guy made presidency uh, was because who his mother was. That's why I brought that up earlier, because the, the, the um, Naturalization Act of 1789 states that any white person, free and an alien, who take his oath uh, uh, before this body becomes a natural-born citizen of the United States, and all their children become natural-born citizens, whether they are born within the limits of the United States or without the United States. Now, the other part that's key to this is that um, that was a woman. That wasn't a man who was his mother. It was his father's from Africa. Okay, granted, but he's not a slave and he's not a citizen. So in order for him to be classified, it got to be on the birth of his mother. And then second of all, when they had slavery here, before they had that, they brought the laws of England with them here, and the child's birthrights came from the father. But in the early days, it was a little a black child that was fathered by a slave master who went to court and claimed her right as a free woman because her father was white. The courts went up in arms, and they went around the United States and changed that shit. And they changed it to the child's birthright. It's a Latin phrase. I don't. It's. it's I can't really pronounce it. Start with an S, like Escua or CQ. I can't really pronounce it, and I don't have the document before me. But after that was changed, then the the, the rights of the child came from the mother. So that meant when any one of our descendants had to make a claim for some kind of freedom, say, well, who was your mother? Well, if your mother was a slave, then that made you one. Vice versa, his mother was a white woman, so he became a natural-born citizen. But they tried to hide the bull jive in his inauguration or before he became president under the 14th Amendment. Oh, that was a guys. That was just a, that was just a game. Because the 14th Amendment, now, now you're going to see the truth behind it real soon anyway. And not only just after this election, but all the rest of the elections. Any other so-called Asiatic black man getting up there and, and calling himself going to be president. That's bull. That's not going to happen. Because you're, you're not a natural-born person if, you, if you're a citizen under the 14th Amendment. You're a person born. That means you're a corporation, all capital letters. And the rights that are created for that body of people is by an act of Congress, not natural law. Right, and then a black man, even if he's an immigrant. So you got that who's up there running his mouth talking about, oh, I wouldn't let a Muslim become a citizen or, or be the president of the United States. I don't think a Muslim would want to be sitting up there talking to the Pope calling the Holy Father. <laughs> I don't think that would happen no daggone way. However, it was because of Islam that America got her first chance to become recognized and to become amongst the families of nations. So you can't say Islam is a bad nothing. This country wouldn't be anything without Islam. This whole beginning came from a treaty that was recognized 200 years ago. So they, don't, they can't really make a stinker. And then even though you have these local people making stinkers, go to the libraries, go to the, uh, and look at the presidential records and, and, and go to each one of them around. Um, uh, uh, and every president put it in that, and every presidency, that comes into play, each one recognizes the treaty that was formed with the United States in 1787 and talks about it. 
Even Obama did it, too, in his records, too. You go to any law school library and go to the presidential records and see. Go all the way back to seven, after 1787. You'll see that this recognition with this Moroccan emperor uh, with the treaty that caused America to be free when she was weak and isolated and nobody recognized her. So that ain't, that ain't the real problem, you know. There's the other stuff that's going on here. But that's not going to save us at the present time. Again, if we don't become politically mobilized to solve our economic and social problems, because you know you can be politically whatever you want to call yourself, but you don't have the base. You don't have a base, a, a, a economic and social base, meaning you have no institutions, no schools, um, no housing where your people see, are. See, see what you're saying, bro. That's that's where I feel these politicians have failed us miserably. The political education that we're supposed to get, we're supposed to know that economics and politics go together like you just said. Because we keep thinking we're going to get this economic power. We're trying to get go hand in hand. The two are not separate. We're, we're the only, we're, for some reason, our, our people still believe the electoral college has anything to do with your your your, your uh, community council president? It's irrelevant. There's a com- oh, well, if you vote for the- no, that's your local election, and we're not even getting the local stuff done. So we're not putting in the DA that that you know that that has a son in the neighborhood that's black. So when stuff goes down, like Mike, Brown, like, oh, that could have been my son, or I'm gonna charge this dude. You know, like in Ferguson, you got 60% black people and none of them are in office. No black representation. Well, again, again, that lack of education. See, um, um, Ferguson or Missouri is where the Dred Scott decision was handed down. So that means a, a, a superior knowledge needs to be had for that land for those people in their educational institutions. But you can't wait the, for the system the to black say well. The black could have taught them. The black caucus could have went down there. I mean, I mean, but but this is all over the country. I'm saying that all these black politicians have failed because they have not said, "Listen, your economics and politics gotta work together. You cannot do one without the other." Nobody. That. No politician, no black politician. I hear. But, but when you say politics, when you say politics, are you saying political? Because I'm saying political, and you're saying politics. So well, I, well, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. Political education, like in like in the way that Kwame Touré mentioned, and um, Akuma mentions. You got to be political. Your political education is important. And if you're here in America and you're under the system, you have to organize politically. So okay. that means, you and mean also, and also, just, we got to be clear, too. If you're paying taxes and you're not voting, that means that you're volunteering for taxation without representation. I think that's another issue, but I want to stick to this political thing here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does nationality fit to political? Because a nationality deals with uh, 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 the state of uh, 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 
a person arising out of for, for political purposes that he re, he's recognized from from that political standpoint of view because of international law and dealing with the laws of nations. So to participate in politics without being amongst the families of nations, it defeats us. Can't polit- participate in politics as the Negro of America. There's nothing there. There's no bloodline there. That's one of the main disguises reasons why they got that phallic in Washington, D.C., that tall, long building. That's the same thing that you have in, 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 in Egypt. That's, that's, that's the regenerative factor. That's the penis. But they got a fake one over here because the 14th Amendment is the bloodline of it. You, it was created by an artificial uh, uh, insemination. This wasn't a natural birth of a human being. When they created the Negro, they, as it states in their book, the Negro of the Beast, because trace the Negro back in antiquity. You can't. This is a term that was used for, to brand their property. He doesn't belong to the families of nations. So whenever, that's why when foreigners come over here, they always ask you that question. Were you born here? Because they already was told on the citizenship test. Where were you born at? Oh, and you may, because <laughs> a lot of times, you don't have to have an accent sometimes because most of the African brothers from different countries, they're good for speaking silent, just like one of us, until one of their brothers come around and you hear that total accent, you're like, yo, I didn't even know that brother was down. What's up? Because I've seen it happen. I've been around that I'm here in New York. Okay, so the thing is, it, it, it belonging to a families of nations that we have to link ourselves back to um, showing the, our and, and, uh, and rights in antiquity because everybody in the earth comes from a nation except this thing they call the Negro. And we don't want to get that in our head. It becomes something like, you know, I don't want to just say complacent, but, you know, oh, don't rock the boat. Well, yo, man, I'm proud to be a nigga, man. You know, yo, son, you know, because that's all you hear on the trainer. Yo, yo, my nigga, yo, 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 my nigga, that was good, nigga. Yo, my nigga, I like that, nigga. You know, ah, come on. A nigga's a criminal. And he's a brand label for the European, for slavery, for perpetual slavery. So when they hear the name nigger, black, and all that other stuff, they're a European that's from Poland and all those places. They already know. They already know. Because question number 60 asks them this question. You could go online yourself and check it out. Or get, go to the um, citizenship test of the United States and go down to question number 60. It says, what people were brought to America, what group? was brought to America and sold as slaves. It said Africans and citizens of Africans. It says the citizens of Africans and groups of Africans, something like that. But the question is, is, when you bring somebody from somewhere, they come from either Nigeria. Okay, Africa is a continent. They come from Nigeria. They come from Somalia. They come from Zimbabwe. They come from Zimbabwe. They come from Mauritania. They come from Morocco. You come from some kind of a land where there's a people that was there. So when they use the word African, that's just a guise to put everybody up under that slave brand label. But And, it's, and on another note, um, these people that did that, and then you got these other brothers and sisters that came over here today, they stuck in that bull crap anyway. Well, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. And, and what, what I've been sharing, and I've been sharing on, on, on Brother Neb's page, uh, pages, I should say, more recently, is that that whole that, that thing that you that you that you just mentioned about mm-hmm. coming from different countries in Africa, um, in 2001, the Urban Conference on Racism, which the United States didn't attend, 
they have began addressing that issue and just racial um, discrimination in general. What they end up doing by 2000, was it 11 or 13? I think 2011, um, did their research and came up with the designation to address what you said. And there's documents and papers to support that. And that designation was people of African descent, which speak about people who left Africa either by force, which means slavery, or who left, you know, by choice. So they have this designation to address that point, which mentioned where they came from different countries. And they're saying, listen, we don't know. We're not sure. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna create this designation that's gonna be recognized internationally as people of African descent, and from this day forward, 2015, start the decade of people of African descent to deal with justice, recognition, and stuff like the police brutality that um is going on in America. And I and I put and I've been posting that on my Facebook page. Like, listen, um, Malcolm X. A bunch of other people have said we need to go to the world court and we need to take this internationally and deal with things that deal with way beyond the court and just this this singular nation. Um, Mm -hmm. The United Nations is one of those bodies and one of those entities. So um, that people of African descent designation, you can Google that or just, you know, go to my page, um, Yal Kepa Felix Wilson. Um, and, and I and I addressed that, and I worked with people who worked on that, and they said, yeah, we had to make sure that this was addressed because of, you know, that it, as you said, there was this empty type thing. You weren't necessarily here. You weren't recognized based on the 14th Amendment, and you weren't recognized in other places, like, say, in Brazil and so forth. So it, was, so it wasn't just here. It was around the world that, different European countries or former colonial colonies or former slave holding places were doing this to our people. So they said, wait a minute, we got to make sure these people now have a way to file grievance, to get some justice. So we're going to have this people of African descent um, designation that has to be and will be recognized internationally. So um, I'm glad you brought that up because that because that recently the last say mm, ten years or so 2001. I think, I think it's a great idea, but uh, at the end at the end of the day, you gonna have to when whenever it's uh, brought up in the international community, uh, you are gonna have to find its roots. And if its roots is not planted in antiquity, then that's where the headache is gonna come from. Um, I like critical thinking. Um, I like critical thinking groups because that's how we're really going to get off the ground because we all got different kinds of ideas, and nobody can say that, oh, your idea is no good. Okay, first let's put it on the blackboard. Mm-hmm. All right, and then let's talk about it, let's discuss it, let's do the math, and let's see what's there. You know, I'm not against no group when it comes to that, um, but I'm strictly on the Moorish side, completely. There's no doubt about it, about where I'm coming from. And and that's why I'm I'm there because I had a chance to do enough research and investigation that I can say, okay, let's. Any, the thing is not uh, um, with me with this stuff is like uh, become an internet sensation 
and become this great lecturer that people like to hear this dynamic speaker and he just packs the house. But yet, the people that are packing my house, when they leave, they go into the shelter. Or they go back out and, you know, they barely got enough to eat. Or um, they they leave in my place and, you know, tomorrow their child is being taken. I run into that all the time, from homelessness to people losing their children. And mainly the losing the children part is the most exploited area that we are not even familiar with because people don't like to be embarrassed when they, you know, get those situations come up on them. Some one of their neighbors, they got a beef with their young mother or whatever. They call the ACS people. They come over there and start an investigation. <clears throat> or you, what? If you're hostile with them, they take your baby while your baby in school. Seen it happen. Okay? So it's not like these things don't happen. You know, it's, and then, then you're looking at the joblessness of, of, of our, our, our brothers that are out there, not just our sisters, but our brothers. Because men got to really get out there and, you know, be the backbone of this thing here. But, you know, these are the areas that we're hurting the most in, but we're not coming up with a, 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 a concrete uh, uh, defense plan um, politically, uh, lawfully, and then activate something socially. I'm not saying wait for somebody to give a shit. I'm not, believe, I'm not a believer in that one. This is my land. This is my inherited land, North, Central, and South America. And I ain't worrying about across the waters. Because of course the water is there for a reason. You need to we need to really find out about here. I'm not getting off the subject, but I saw it on Facebook and it wound up coming up on my page. I forgot what sister had done it. She found a bay a book by that was written by Cortez in fifteen twenty. And in that book it stated that when Cortez came here, he saw people who reminded him of the Ethiopians that he saw over in Ethiopia. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Right. They were Americans. It goes way. See, people talk about Aztecs, and we got to get into anthropology when we come when we talk about this stuff. We gotta get well, all you got to do, go to, you gotta do is go to Louisiana. You ain't got to go far. To science, to so, I'm saying science. I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm echoing what you're saying in regards to when we deal with this stuff. You know, we got to deal with the science of this because when you talk about Paleo American, you're talking about way, way before um, we're talking about way, we're talking about paleo, meaning we're talking about prehistoric almost. We're talking about before the mongoloids crossed the Bering Strait and came over here. We're talking before when people say um, Indians or, or, or natives, you know, it depends on who you're talking about. Are you talking about the ones that crossed the Bering Strait or the ones, or the ones that were here already? Because those are two different people, and people mix them up. It's not the same native or, or paleo, and that's why you got the terms are important. Paleo is different from indigenous. Paleo predates indigenous. Paleo is is, a, is anthropology. We're talking about almost prehistoric stuff. You know, and, and uh, I know we are running down on time. We actually over uh, time limit here, so uh, I don't know if folks are still on the line. Can y'all hear? Sorry. 
Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, because you talk because we're talking about. I agree, but see, the, the the issue is, I think that, you know, there's the Paleo Americans that were here before the 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 Mongoloids, the, the Paleo Americans, which are Negroid, classified anthropologically, came before the Mongoloids that came over the Bering Strait, but also. We have to have we have to be able to share two thoughts at the same time. We can't say we're multidimensional. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait a minute, I can't have these two thoughts in my head. There were those of us who were here already, and there were those of us who came on ships, not mm-hmm. one or the other. We have oral traditions, meaning like when you talk about the Gullah Geechee, I know white people saying it. It's oral traditions as well as historical tradition. They're saying, yeah, my mama's mama, my such and such, my such and such was brought here on the boat. Now, this is what the white man said. These are black people saying, yes, <laughs> my mother told me that we are we came from here. This is the place we came from. My father, personally, is from Guyana. He was born in the 1930s. His grandmother has told us, like, look, we came from Ghana. Before we went to South America, so it's not it's not one or the other, and and I think that kind of well is this way because I'm saying no, we weren't here already, and we all came over here on, on on boats and slaves. No, that's not what happened. Oh, all oh, all of us were here already. That's I not agree. true. That's not true either. It's a combination of both, and I, and I, I and I think once those of us who are able to deal in that kind of way. Once we connect, that's good. Because some people are gonna say, you know what? Ain't nobody was here, but we all came on slave ships. And somebody uh-huh. else is gonna say, Hey, none of us came on slave ships, we all was here already. And both of them are not accurate. It was a combination mm-hmm. of both. And sometimes we have to be able to deal with people who have their particular knowledge, perspective and understanding but they're not dogmatic with it. Mm-hmm. I can deal with people as long as they're not dogmatic because principles, dogma changes. Principle, dogma changes a lot quicker and more than principles and paradigms. Principles and paradigms stay a lot longer. Dogma, depending on who you talk to, depending on your perspective, depending on the geopolitical, depending on, you know, a lot of things. But principles and paradigms, they don't move too much, and you can connect with people on, on that level. And, you know, like you said, about us being being here, yeah, that term Paleo-American, because I know a brother, his brother's name is Nasir M. Ali. Uh, no, Nasir, God, I was calling him Nasir. I met him at the United Nations, and he specifically was working on talking about Native rights of Paleo-Americans, meaning those of us that were here long before the quote-unquote Native Americans they're calling now, or as he said, the mongoloids. And he's he's doing our papers and, and petitioning the U.N. to say, hey, listen, take this status here as a paleo-American and say, look, these Native Americans took our shit, so we deserve reparations not just from y'all, from the Native Americans who y'all paying as well, so there's a lot of other, there's a lot of stuff going on, like you know with the with with the United Nations that you know 
people don't know that that that's not getting a lot of publicity because it's just not out there yet, and you can't publicize all the stuff that the UN does. They do a lot of stuff, but there's there's stuff in the works addressing exactly what you said. And I know I met the brother at the Indigenous Conference four years ago. He was at the Indigenous Conference presenting that we were here as Indigenous people, technically Paleo Americans. We predate everybody else, and we have rights and sovereignty based on that. You talking about Ansari? No, 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 if you if he's on Facebook, his book is Paleo Americans. His website is Paleo Americans First, and he deals with the whole history of Paleo Americans prior to what we normally see or refer to as native and, and indigenous. He's like, nah, Paleo Paleo is older than indigenous. Because Paleo, you start dealing with bones, you start dealing with um, artifacts, and you start dealing with um, Archaeology and anthropology, and he's going before. The, and he's going before the great earthquake came. Then, and he is. Well, it, is that? It, I, I was right. I'm sorry. I was right. It's Nasser M. Nahe Ali. I was right. I don't know why I was wrong. Um, human rights defender. And like I said, I met him at the UN during the Indigenous Conference because he's doing work. Speaking about that on a on a on a real civic international level, so he's saying take it to the UN and have them come and tell the United States, hey, listen, y'all, y'all gotta, you know, ante up, you know, like MOP, you know, <laughs> ante up. So that's the NGO stuff. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not NGO stuff. It's it's filing. It's 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 filing for identification of of who you, you have are. To, you have to represent an organization. The what? You have to represent an organization. You not, can't if you're claiming, not if you're claiming yourself as a sovereign <laughs> state. No, he's claiming as a state. Uh, what state is he? Well, well, speak to the brother. Brother, brother you don't have to say nothing. You can speak to him. He was, because, I, because like I said, I'm telling you, when I met him at the U.N., He's talking about establishing the nation based on it being prehistoric before, um, the, not no, not prehistoric, but paleo, meaning just before prehistoric, as opposed to the native and the indigenous. That goes into, that's why I said you go into the science. Anthropology mm-hmm. trumps that. Anthropology yeah. trumps all that. Once you start showing them bones and skulls and that, it's like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, David and and the whole chapter book goes goes back into about uh, either fifty four, fifty six thousand years. So I don't I don't know I don't know what age paleo or whatever it is, but uh, that's uh, you know he he goes back with that fifty six. You know, fifty four, fifty six thousand years. You know that we were here. So, I mean, sure. 
And he talks about the mound builders as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can go into some of the, uh, what they call the ancient Americans or whatever. And uh, it wasn't mongoloid type people. So. Yeah, because because actually what he was saying, and he has a book, Paleo-American First, and he says that, you know, basically the mongoloids committed genocide on the Paleo-Americans. Because where's that? Yeah, so you're saying it was the white people that killed them off, and he's like, "Yeah, some, but most of them were killed by the by the mongoloids." And see, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. That's what that, it is. Well, other conversation. I don't. Well, I don't know. I've I've heard different theories on it or whatever, uh, but uh, I yeah, I did hear something like that that kind of looked at some of the stone uh, stone writings or whatever, uh, carvings or artwork that kind of led them to believe something like that or whatever. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you can't always, <laughs> you can't always, uh, you know, put your finger exactly on something. I mean, we we've been told a lot of different things, but you know it's like once you get another dot, then you can kind of get a, a better picture sometimes. So yeah. I don't always go hook, hook line and sinker, but uh, I know uh, you brothers uh, charged up, and uh, you know I've. Uh, <laughs> My battery is running out here, but uh, we'll be back next week. And, you know, I mean, uh, most of us are on Facebook here or whatever, and uh, we're building, uh, you know, cyberly and uh, real live time. So, you know, there's things that we've talked about that we have in the works. And, uh, you know, as they proceed, you know, we'll make them known and, you know, invite folks to participate, so. Yeah, it was a good show. I liked it. It was a good show. Yeah, thank yeah. you, brother. I'm mad I was late. It was definitely a good show. I, I came in and it was charged, so I definitely enjoyed myself. And well, y'all, y'all make it happen, so. <laughs> i say it again, I say y'all make it happen, you know. Uh, yeah. Now we just need some more. But you know, it's I think it's real important for us to you know just be on top of things right now. Uh, you know, I mean, just kind of globally, what's going on? Uh, they're talking about so-called hurricane warnings. You know, uh, maybe in the next couple of days, we've seen you know devastations over the years. Katrina, Sandy, and all of that, you know, a lot of it is more man-made than anything else. But, you know, we we have to just be very aware that, you know, these people are not concerned about us. And if we don't take the initiative to be prepared, you know, for ourselves and, you know, gather the things that we need, and get ourselves on the same, you know, wavelength, then, you know, we're we, we heading for danger, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. 
So, uh, yeah, I thank everybody for joining, and, uh, you know, we'll be back, and, you know, just stay on stay on the ball, you know. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, peace, y'all. Have a good one. Be, be, uh, be safe. Be safe. Yeah. Okay. okay. Peace. All right. Peace. Bye.